On today's episode of Taylor Made, we are going over season three, episodes four through six of Friday Night Lights. And we appreciate you for making us a part of your day. But if you are not caught up on those episodes, you know, just go find a streaming service that has Friday Night Lights. Maybe get the DVDs, the Blu-rays. I don't know what you're into, but, you know, want to be caught up so we don't spoil anything because we do get into spoilers and we do talk about big plot points. And it's just good to kind of refresh your memory. But uh, for those that are caught up or maybe have not watched it as recently as we have, here's a quick little refresher, which we like to call our two minute drill. So starting with season three, episode four, Hello Goodbye, Smash Williams is headed to College Station, Texas, where Eric Taylor has arranged for the former Panther star to try out for the team. Landry and Tyra are growing more distant with a new cowboy in town. Matt Saracen is losing hold of his starting quarterback job, although times are tense at the Saracen home with Matt's mother making a surprise appearance. And Tammy gets a little advice from an unsuspecting source on how to deal with the Jumbotron issue, which is finally put to bed. Episode 5, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. The Panthers are dealing with a new era at quarterback as J.D. McCoy usurps Saracen's role. We learn that Jason Street has a baby boy named Noah who is uh, who he's desperately you know, wants to help out. He wants to be a good dad. Uh, so that's a good thing. Um, not so good thing. He goes into business with the Riggins boys and Herc to try to make some more money uh, so that he can take care of his new family. And uh, Tammy is really worried about Tyra and her new love interest, who is, uh, you know, not uh, not the best of people. In episode six, it ain't easy being J.D. McCoy. Dylan's new QB1 is struggling to earn the respect of his teammates. Tyra is trying to figure out whether Tammy was right about cash. Matt and Julie seem to have made up in a big way. And uh, Landry has a new band member. I just feel like we gotta we gotta mention Landry. So, with all that said, uh, it is time to get into the podcast. Before we do that, just want to make sure you all know that TaylorMade is available on all major podcast platforms. And if you could, if you have the time, and you use the Apple Podcast app, if you could leave us a five star rating and review, it would help us out tremendously. It would get the word out about the show because we love doing these podcasts and we would love for more Friday Night Lights fans to know about. So with that said, let us turn it over to Coach Taylor and Matt Saracen. You're gonna be able to call the plays? Yes, sir. 22 rocket on hit. 22. 20, 22 rocket. I can't hear you. 22! I can't hear you. 22! 22! This is me, your QB1 of the Dillon Panthers. Your teammates, if they can hear you, they will believe in you. Now you let it out until it hurts. You understand me? 22! 22 rocket! Hit it! What's your name? Matt Saracen! What you play? QE1! Who do you play for, Saracen? Dylan How much do you want this? I want How much do you want this? I want it! Then take it! Do it again! Fight for Oops, 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 oops. I'm cutting up. All 
right, Panther Nation, it is time to turn on the projector, pull up a folding chair. It's time to go over the four downs, Friday Night Lights, season three, episodes four through six. Spencer, it's heating up in Dillon, Texas. Man, it, it gets a little bit crazy here. A lot of the storyline is, is where we want it, right? Like it's, it's, it's Coach Taylor, it's Matt Saracen, and it's, it's this new villain that we get to talk about, or not new you know, or this this villain that is coming into focus with uh, with JD McCoy. Um, they certainly take up most of the oxygen uh, for this block of episodes, but th- there's some other good stuff too with Tyra and Landry and um, and you know Tammy and, and Julie have 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 their moments as well. Um, and I you can't forget the Riggins boys. The Riggins boys are, are still up to still up to no good. It's amazing what Tim Riggins does in his spare time when he's not just being the most prototypical like 1990s high school football player um i feel like he plays just a position that doesn't really exist anymore but he's just a really slow running back now as as far as i know tim riggins isn't making it on the field in like class 4a or 5 i think dylan i think is a four they're definitely not 6a i think he's five they're 5a 5a yeah they're 5a i don't know if he's playing 5a football now not sure. He'd be the fullback. You would not be a running back. I think if they would be like, we'll put we'll put you at H back and we'll put you at tight end. Sometimes we'll see what happens. Actually, you know what he would be? He'd be a linebacker. Yeah, he'd be like that pesky, undersized Mike linebacker that just dominates high school football, but has no real shot of playing in college. The one thing that you mentioned that kind of rundown of what's happening is JD McCoy as a villain, and I'm. I mean, is he a villain right now? I mean, he's so, like him and Matt Saracen obviously have like a a feud, but like Jaden McCoy is like pretty pleasant. Yeah. So I'm glad you I'm glad you said that um, because there are some issues with Matt Saracen in, in this block, and we'll, we'll go ahead and dive in here to uh, to first down. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like I say, he's the villain mostly because he is an opponent to Matt Saracen, who is the absolute heart of the show in many ways. Uh, but you're right. To this point, JD is, is, is on his best behavior in terms of, uh, Oh, I, I like, I guess his Q score with the audience is pretty high. I would say. Yeah. I just, I think that JD McCoy, it's really hard to dislike him. And I think that's probably a little bit to do with his dad. I think his dad is awful. Oh, and yeah. him, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but the cringiness of his father and his involvement with the football team now is just, it's its past the point where I'm just like, okay, all right, yeah. we need to, there, something needs to happen here. So let's go ahead and dive in here. I mean, we've got, um, I mean, right from the start, Matt is in a, a quarterback battle, essentially. Um, right after you know, but while he's dealing with that, he's also got this, his home life is in as much turmoil as it's been because his mom shows up, shows back up in his life. His grandma's dementia is still acting up. Um, and he, he's having a lot of issues on that front. But like you said, JD is under a lot of pressure from his father. Um, and they both just kind of want to win football games, but, um, I guess it was who who did they play where they they decide coach Taylor decides to go with the old Texas two step two quarterback system for was it McNulty is that the name of the I believe so is that the or I'm just watching the wire right now that's the name of the main detective I'm <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it's not McNulty but it was something along those lines and um, it works right like Saracen um, 
doesn't do as well as JD, but Saracen does score the game-winning touchdown on a uh, on a I guess a naked bootleg, as you as you would say, which is gonna, a phrase that's going to come up again later uh, with JD. But um, I don't know what what did it you was think? McNulty, by the way, it was McNulty. McNulty Mavericks. Wow. Okay. Shout out to the wire. Um, where where was I going? Oh, what did you think of the way that? Saracen kind of pouted after after scoring the game-winning touchdown, but then it's just like, while everybody is celebrating, he's just walking off. Yeah, so I didn't like that too much. I mean, there was the message that you sent me. I don't want to throw you under the bus, but <laughs> you uh, aren't a huge fan of Matt Saracen right now, or at least in this block, you know. On the field, no. I think he's doing some good work off the field. I understand it to an extent. I feel like this would be really, I mean, I guess like from like a higher level standpoint, I could see like if this was like the Steelers and like Ben Roethlisberger uh, was getting like phased out. Like I could see him like after a win, just like storming to the locker room and not paying attention to anyone. Cause like, and it's weird. Cause like they're not that much different in age and it's just, it's, it's a much different situation, but. Yeah, the the walking off the field thing, and especially like you would think that the fans would be like super hype. Matt won them the game. I know that yeah. like J- JD got them downfield, but that typically doesn't matter when you're the guy that punches it into the end zone. Yeah, That's, I mean, to me, strange. it's just like Matt being so insecure that he can't even enjoy this win because he knows that his job is about to be taken away. Which, to be fair, is is exactly what happens. I mean, the very next week. Um, I mean, Mac McGill stand, basically stands up to Coach Taylor in the middle of a coach's meeting and says, look, we can't do that again. Like, you're going to have to tell Matt Harrison the truth about, you know, him not playing anymore um, or not, not going to be the quarterback one anymore. Um, I don't know. I just – Saracen could have handled it better. But at the same time, like, Matt Harrison could have gone through high school and never been the starting quarterback and probably been fine with that, right? Like I don't think Probably he, so. I don't think he had ever had any aspirations of like being the guy. But then once he was the guy, he just didn't really want to be embarrassed to the point of losing it his senior year, which is understandable. But I don't know. It just it seems like it's just better for everybody if JD takes over at this point. It's really weird to go back a second, Matt McGill, Mac McGill. Sorry, uh, his kind of like when when. Taylor is basically telling his assistants, like, you know, Matt's our guy right now. Um, we're not going to JD. And Matt kind of, like, defends him a little bit. Um, and he's like, yeah, yeah like, we'll, we'll do, you know, we're, we'll do what you, you say, coach. And yeah. then, like, the next day, he's like, coach, I don't know if we can do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. Um, which, I mean, you saw the results. I mean, I think anyone who has watched football before, or at least for a long time, knows that a two-quarterback system is just not – It's never going to work. It's yeah. never going to work. If Honestly, I'd love for someone to come up with a way to do it well, um, the way that he did. Because like, cause like yeah. they, it's not like a situation where like uh, JD comes in for certain plays or something like that. But just to alternate series, that's it just doesn't that make any work. sense. The only way that it can work is like what OU did with the belldozer in like 20 – that had been like 2013. 
Yeah, I was gonna say I was I was gonna make the reference like a probably a bit like a more general, like more wider known, but like Taysom Hill with the Saints. Yeah, like he's he's not taking Drew Brees's job, but like he right. comes in for every short now yardage, and then. maybe. Yeah, but you can't bring in Matt Saracen for short yardage. I mean, you just gotta. Which he basically did though in in that. Uh, he in did, that but game. not to pound the rock necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Which um, I mean, that 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 is the one thing though, and I think that this coach Taylor kind of drives it home quite a bit when mulling this decision over is that Matt for what he really lacks as far as compared to JD obviously like JD has been groomed since probably he was born to be a quarterback yep but Matt just like the the kind of the punishment he endures for the team as far as like the tackles he like like takes and just like his willingness to run with the ball and uh, you know, he's just like a super, super tough kid um, and, you know, always finds a way to get back up. Um, just kind of, it's just, it, it's sad to see him in that moment where obviously everyone knows, even his grandmother. And like, I was, I wasn't completely sold when you were talking about it last week, but like Lorraine Saracen, she knows, <laughs> like she, she gets it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, she did there, or there. There's at least no doubt about it now, but so it's hard to see him in that moment. Um, and I, I definitely think that you are right. You make a really good point that I'm not sure that Matt Saracen ever saw this in his future when he was a freshman. But at the same time, I think it's got to be somewhat mentally just exhausting or it, it's got to be just deflating to go through all of this, go through all of the coaching that Eric Taylor gave him. Cause I mean, <laughs> there's probably some times where Matt's just like, well, why am I doing this? Yeah. And like Eric, like keeps getting him to buy in. And now Eric's like, I don't need you anymore. Well, and we get this great scene. I think maybe one of the, one of the best scenes of the, of the season so far in the locker room where um, Matt threatens to quit. Coach Taylor says, no, you're not going to quit. I know you. If you quit, you're going to hate yourself. And then Matt says, fine, I'll come to practice. I'll do whatever you want, but I'm going to hate it, and you're going to hate it too. And then just walks out. Hey, what the hell are you doing? I did whatever you asked me to. I helped you win a state championship. I got you to three and one this season. I work my ass off at practice. I do everything that you say. If it's because JD's better than me, tell me that. I'm gonna be honest. My job is to field a team out there that wins games. Right now, that means JD McCoy. Yes. Okay. I quit. You're not quitting this team. Yes, I No, am. you're not quitting this team. And I'm not going to let you quit. I know you. You quit this team, you're going to hate yourself. You want to be pissed? Fine, you go ahead, you be pissed. I don't give a damn. But you are not quitting this team. Fine. Fine, I'll sit on your bench. I'll come to practice and I'll do whatever you tell me to do. But I'm going to hate it. You're gonna hate it. Good talk, coach. An amazing, an amazing exchange. I mean, I, I full on, yes, Matt is like probably handling this. I don't want to say poorly, but like he's just, he's not making, you know, he, 
he's just kind of saying what's on his mind. Yeah. But I prefer this Matt Saracen uh, compared to, I guess, passive Matt Saracen who couldn't get a sentence across. It felt like at times in, yeah. in season one, he's much more sure of himself as far as just like being able to like convey how he's feeling and he doesn't yeah. hold any punches. So. Yeah, I, th- I think that was good. The other great scene before we move on to the JD part of this that um, we should that I want to shout out is the uh, the grocery store scene where Coach Taylor and Julie are shopping and then uh, Grandma Saracen and Matt are shopping and they like take a break for they like run into each other and then Grandma Saracen starts to give him a piece of her mind, a piece of her mind. Um, that, I thought that was that was pretty funny. That was I mean, that's classic. Lorraine Saracen I absolutely adore her um and you knew it was kind of coming it's kind of weird that like Saracen because he's tried to stop it like one time and then she was just like no I'm I'm gonna tell him and like he didn't keep trying he was just like well I did all I could I I tried (laughs) to stop it I failed and he just kind of starts chatting up Julie which is a file a file away for later moment there you're gonna want to you're gonna want to remember that one for later um all right, we got to talk about J.D. McCoy because he really, you know, I think we, we brought it up last week in the first block of the season. He really only said one line of dialogue, um, that the bronze di- uh, diaper joke that nobody laughed at, unfortunately. We, uh, we all laughed, J.D. We got your back, buddy. But he, it, he really starts to come into focus here, um, I believe at the start of episode six with the, uh, the Naked Mile. Um, and he just inexplicably gets himself caught by coach Taylor. Um, coach Taylor kind of laughs at, laughs at him or whatever. Uh, but then a really important thing happens, right? Like aside from them calling him naked gun and QB buns, which is funny. Um, coach Taylor assigns Tim Riggins, the responsibility of getting the team to respect, uh, to respect JD McCoy, which I thought was smart. Um, and theoretically would have been effective, but what'd you think of that move? I feel like Tim Riggins is the last person you want to really. I well, like, I know, well, look, let me rephrase that. I, I think, under like, uh, obviously, within a football context, everyone on that team loves Tim Riggins, like, he he uh had a I don't entanglement i don't know with lila <laughs> while street was in the hospital i was trying to think of a, like a, a way to say that without uh making you have to bleep out anything um but <laughs> and like the team like you know bashed his car like they like destroyed his car um i don't think they really beat him up but that's ancient history though yeah well what i'm saying is just like they'll forgive him for anything yeah which what he did was pretty awful um I, I guess just like from a like I don't know if you necessarily want Tim Riggins um taking JD under his wing and showing him his ways. Uh but I think I, I, I guess like Tim Riggins like taking him around town, I don't think is what Eric Taylor had in mind. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh there's definitely I, I I definitely think I mean it's it, it's a good move by Eric. He's like, hey, when we're on this football field, you need to make sure your guys are in check um because i definitely think they listened to tim but him showing jd uh where to have a good time in town is just not the best of moves in my opinion he points out smitty's and says they know me in there as toby two-time iraq war veteran (laughs) and then he says lisa lives down that road who uh you'll know (laughs) you'll know (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I, I I agree with you. Like the Riggins, Coach Taylor did not mean for Riggins to go get uh, you know JD drunk on the weekends after the game. He just wants. But in general, I think the idea of like I need the other sixty guys here to respect this freshman quarterback. Assigning Tim Riggins to that role is is smart in theory. In theory, I just I just really wish. Uh, yeah, obviously it can't be Matt. <laughs> yeah, it can't, it can't be like, Matt. It, it can't be Matt. Um, it can't There's be no Tim. other characters on the team, so it it has to be Riggins. <laughs> yeah, you would think there would be like at least three or four seniors that we know about. It would be. I mean, I think this would be like something, and obviously, like it would just would be great if like. Landry was like a better player on the team that they respected, but he's just everyone's punching bag at this point. Matt had a, a zinger on uh, on Landry as well when he was talking to Julie about getting uh, demoted and said, "Well, now I just sit on the bench and I can talk to Landry more because he's always there." <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, you know Landry's time at the top of the Dylan football program was short lived, obviously. But um, I don't. The the most cringy part of this is. After a big win, it wasn't. I think it was the game after McNulty. It was after his first start, and they win pretty handily. And they're like, "Oh, let's go celebrate!" And he's going to go celebrate with Tim Riggins and the seniors. And then his dad bursts into the locker room like he's Jerry freaking Jones and says, "Me, you, and your mom are all going to go celebrate at Applebee's. Come on, like that Not is great. brutal, brutal." Not great. Um, I was going to say that was uh, yeah. They, they they beat Westerby, which I'm. I love that Wikipedia has the game results for all of these things. Yeah. The fictional game results. They beat Westerby 31 to 17 and Joe McCoy's like storming into the locker room. Just, you know, like, Oh, we beat him good. Tim Riggins. Ah, just yeah. like getting really into it. It's really cringy. It's awful. Also, it's awful. I hope, do you think they, do you think Applebee's paid for that spawn con? Like I, a fair, there's rich as the McCoy's would be going somewhere nicer. Applebee's is a huge part of the Friday night lights world. And I think that that that's that can't be a coincidence because that's where like Tyra and Julie work, um, and that's where they always are eating. Yeah, pretty much. I I would have to assume that's a that's a deal. That's got to be like a, a hundred grand a season or something like. I mean, I don't know what the amounts are, but it did. Gotta... It definitely didn't keep the lights on. Um, because I did want to say this is. So we talk a lot about like NBC and stuff um the nbc writers and stuff like that yeah season three is when friday night lights was no longer on nbc um, oh okay what were they on it was on it was on direct tv's the 101 network which i Never don't heard even of it. It, it lasted it it launched and it's like i don't know it, it, it's a really weird thing it, it oh crap it closed two months ago so what? it was um <laughs> yeah um it's a it's an american Shout out to the coronavirus it's a it's a pay television channel owned by at&t launched in 1999 oh, it closed okay. it it closed in 2020 uh when it was named the audience network so that's uh where friday night lights is at in its current state which is a huge bummer because i think if this show is on nbc still that it's probably like it's probably one of the most highly rated shows if they wonder, get a good time slot. I wonder if that was AT&T cuz like AT&T owns HBO now, but I wonder yeah. if that was like a an attempt in 1999 to like make an HBO competitor or something that obviously went nowhere, but um 
I don't, I don't know. We were so. we were like five years old then, so not exactly watching premium cable. <laughs> well, um, it lasted. It it la- the the last three seasons that you see, they were all on the one hundred and one network. Um, interesting. So, I'm surprised they didn't they didn't let them curse there either, though. Really, um, like it, content okay. seems to be about the same. I'm 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 really not trying to get too sidetracked because now I'm I've said all this and I don't want I don't want you have to edit this all out. But it was the first season to be aired on DirecTV, TV's The 101 Network. The 13-episode season concluded on The 101 Network on January 14, 2009, and then began a run on NBC two nights later on January 16, 2009. So they were just showing it on NBC two days after it was already out. So, like, the season ended, like, okay, so it, I'm sorry, I've... If you want to cut this out, you can, but, or if you just want to let the tape run, I don't care. Uh, but, okay, so it ran on NBC all five seasons, but the last three seasons, it ran on the 101 network first. And when they showed the season finale, then they started showing like the, ep- the first episode on NBC. Gotcha. So, it was so if like- you paid for this, like if you paid ahead or if you had this net, if you had this channel, you could know everything that happened with Friday Night Lights. Gotcha. So it was like Breaking Bad was on AMC, but everybody watched it on Netflix two months later. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, J- that. no, it's, that's it's great information for for the archives. Um, I don't know if it is. But okay. <laughs> JD, uh, I mean, the last really cringy thing that happens with JD is that um, he gets drunk after Riggins snatches him from the school dance with lila lila very not very much used in this episode by the way and then uh they kind of leave him alone and he gets drunk um including does some some stunts on uh i guess like some early versions of some cell phone video cameras (laughs) (laughs) which i thought was interesting like everybody's got the flash on just doing videos uh taking videos of the, the high school quarterback getting wasted and then the next day, J.D. McCoy's dad has him come apologize to the coach <laughs> for getting drunk three weeks before the playoffs. I think that was the worst thing of the set. Like this block was that moment where he makes J.D. apologize to Carrick Ter- Taylor. I don't think it's worse than the locker room thing, but it's, I mean, it, it's not great. And coach is like, like half his team shows up drunk to practice, you know, some of the time anyway. So he's like, uh, it's fine. Like, this is Dylan. <laughs> Good. That's what I wanted. I'm glad that Riggins is, did what I asked him to do. Yeah. Taking this to heart. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The the whole JD thing, I, I think, is, is it's 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 not over by a long shot. Um, do you, but, I, I need to ask you this. Yeah. Do you think that in 2020, the, the Naked Mile, do you think that's a part of this episode? Do you think that gets cut? Yeah. Right? I, I, I feel like I, I, it felt like, and I know this is kind of like late 2000s, like end of the decade, but it just felt like so like weirdly, like we have to have some type of like hazing thing, Yeah. It, but it can't be too bad because it's like network television Yeah. and this was like the safest possible thing that they could do. And still, it seems 10 years later that there's no way that they would do this. I don't think so this feels like some 1980s stuff to me like <laughs> you know yeah i i just i first off i i love tim riggins just saying like it's like you'll you'll come to understand why this is important later and i just man if there was ever a time i wanted like a 
Friday Night Lights, like the office, like split crossovers. Like I need a camera cutting away to Tim, like talking to camera, explaining that reason. Because I just, there's nothing that comes to mind as to what possibly this, what value this could have to any of these kids. The value Um, is that you do it now and then two years from now you get to laugh like I'm laughing at the next group of people. That's, that's the, the entire value. That's it. If you can, if you can run naked through Dylan with your brothers, you can do anything. <laughs> There's one more Saracen thing that we need to get to before, uh, before we move on to second down. Uh, did he sleep with Julie? Cause it, it seems like he did. It seems like that. I a hundred percent think that that's when she's like looking in the mirror. At yeah. The end of that episode. I'm like, they did it. I, I think that's exactly what happened as well. Um, yeah. I mean, it's the, the Julie and Matt, you know, recycling of this relationship has, has been ongoing um, somehow without either of Julie's parents recognizing it, mostly because Julie's like, she's manages to see Matt like while she's at work sometimes, or, you know, like quote unquote on the way home from work. And then like she sneaks, she doesn't go to the school dance where both her parents are. So like, they're not yeah. really on top of it. Um, How is there no conversation about the fact that Julie just came home go. in the morning? Like this, yeah. like, this is season one. Julie is like, she's basically getting sent off to an all girls school. Yeah. Well, and she, she got the tattoo, whichever, which we don't want to spend any time on. Cause it's lame, I think, but yeah, like, that's stupid. I, didn't, I mean, I don't think normalized tattoos, I guess is, is the motto. Uh, I don't, do you have any tattoos? I do not. No, I don't. Like, I'm not against, I'm not against, not that, against like, like, yeah, go for it, whatever. Like, it's like, we're going to go down to San Antonio and get it removed. <laughs> San Antonio. San Antonio. <laughs> she did make a good point though like i'm not gonna pay for it when you're 30 and you want to get that removed like <laughs> it's like i don't know like part of me is just like i understand the the content like w- within that culture and whatnot it's like yeah it's like pretty taboo probably but at the same time it's like a super small tattoo on her ankle yeah uh, and fine. it's like a heart i think i'm just like whatever like it's fine she didn't get a she didn't get like a sleeve or like a tribal yeah. tattoo. <laughs> it's not like she slept with Matt Saracen or anything. Oh wait. <laughs> I I think the parents are uh, not going to be super thrilled when they discover what Julie's been up to on the weekends. Well, so. we'll see. I, I I would expect that that uh, realization is coming soon. Um, hey, before we move on from from this whole thing, I feel I feel like we didn't really talk a whole lot about. Uh, matt's mother just randomly showing up and uplifting uprooting her life good point um, i i mean did it not feel weird that she's just like yeah i'm just gonna move to dylan yeah but i mean you could i i could sense like just her guilt like in realizing like you know as long as matt's out of sight out of mind it's not really something that she has to think about every day but when he comes up saying like it comes up on her doorstep like make me an emancipated minor like I could see her just, you know, at that point, finding motivation to to do something about it. At that uh, point, yeah. I shouldn't have abandoned my kid. Yeah, oh, I took him <laughs> being seventeen years old and taking care of his grandmother and his father's off to war. Oh, I shouldn't have abandoned him. Shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Oh. Um, obviously, uh, too little, too late in in many ways. But uh, I mean, Matt ends up kind of accepting her help um he waffle he goes back and forth he accepts it then he kind of tells her off and then 
I guess Grandma Saracen says, you know what, your your dad's kind of a, a douche, um, and I could have done more to help. And so he he went back. I guess they had you know they had that lunch or whatever where they kind of reconciled a little bit. Um, and we'll see where it goes from here. I'm looking forward to it because if anyone needs a if anyone needs some help, it's Matt Saracen. He's not getting yep. a whole lot. I mean, he's yep. got Julie right now, but he I does. Mean, some people would say that's a loss. But that could change. That could change at any moment. Um, and yeah, we if know she just sees another international student, like you know, she might <laughs> just be like, "I don't want to end up like my mom and dad. I just can't do that to myself." I was super happy in this relationship, but there's this Swedish kid who's not really Swedish. He's from Austin. He's from. He's a musician from Austin. Honestly, that just sounds like. It sounds like one of those celebrity backstories. Like, yeah, I just wasn't getting any traction as an artist. So I moved to Austin. Uh, I said I was like a Swedish producer. And all of a sudden, I started getting offers left and right. It just seems, it seems so like convoluted that it's not real. But Oh, gosh. Um, second down? Ready for second down? We're going to talk. Ready. Let's move I, the chains. Is this the last uh, Smash Williams that we see? Like, um mostly technically, ever technically i think yes there are references i'm pretty sure but i am almost certain this is the last of smash williams this was a great goodbye for smash um basically he you know he's worrying about we we see him working out with coach he's kind of getting down on himself because he realizes that the guy that coach taylor is talking with is like a front office guy which matters could they not very little like, in college <laughs> could they like not make him like a defensive analyst or so, or like an yeah, offensive analyst I, I feel like in 2020 he would have been an offensive analyst or like or a quality control or like even a ga or something like i just like yeah just like a guy that eric knew at like at tmu like a lower yeah. level guy that got a job at texas a&m yeah it just it, it, it to make him like a ticket sales rep i just like come on really yeah uh smash ends up um almost being sent home because they had to kind of redo the schedule or whatever and coach taylor marches onto the field and just gives this awesome speech to um this the texas a&m head football coach about why he should give smash a chance and it, it ends up working and um smash does great in the workout hey vince what the hell are you doing Coach, I know you got practice, and I respect that, but I've got to tell you something. This kid right here can flat out play. He's fast, he's tough as hell, and he can read the field better than any player you get out here, I guarantee you. And let me tell you something else. He's got more heart and guts than any kid I've ever coached. You know what I'm talking about. You just ask yourself whether you want to be the one passed up on the chance. Take a look at Brian Williams, because I'm telling you what, we drove a hell of a long way to get down here, and I don't know when we're going to be getting back. Let me ask you something, Coach. Someone pull a stunt like this while you're over at TMU. What do you think Coach Boyd would have done, huh? Well, he would have said, there's a guy with balls and the courage of his convictions. And he would look in the eye and say, get the hell off my field. You won't be disappointed. First unit, take a knee. You listen to me. You listen to me closer than you've ever listened to me before. You remember that Rutledge game? fourth quarter you came into that game you took over that game play by play you owned that game i watched you that day and i said to myself that kid is going to go all the way right now right here 
God has placed you to do what you do best. Go all the way. I don't know. What did you think of that, the, the, the speech that Coach Taylor gave? I mean, I think most college football coaches, if like anybody told them like you're, you're passing up on the next great running back, I, I think most of them would just like laugh and be like, you, eyes, are, yeah. you are unstable. Like, please get <laughs> off my field, sir. <laughs> I mean, like that, I mean, that's something that like Joe McCoy would say if like he was trying to like vouch for yeah. JD to like get a scholarship and it's weird, but it works with Eric, obviously. I mean, there's music that goes with it. It's super dramatic um and it's a well put together speech uh i'll give him that it's just it's uh also i don't think i really don't think that a coach would uh would do that like i i don't think that a coach would be like yeah they're already here and that kid's in pads like we're gonna push it back to next week i don't think they would do that i don't think so either yeah i mean that would be college football coaches are a very like regimented it's a it's just like a very like it's one of those jobs where like you just like have a schedule for the, for the day, for the week, and you just stick to that schedule. There's not much variation. You know what to expect pretty much. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they would be like, Oh, something came up. Uh, like, especially when he's just like, yeah, with uh, the Thursday night game uh, that's coming up, the schedule got all messed up. I was like, you've probably known about this Thursday night game since August. Like, don't yeah. tell me that the, don't tell me that like a week before they're like, Oh, we didn't really plan well for this Thursday night game, which I mean, Texas A&M being Texas A&M wouldn't surprise me if they were ill prepared for a football game, but you know, just, it just, it, it, it was ridiculous. Um, and I'm glad that smash Williams showed that with no training for almost a month and not seeing any real game action for like a year um, that he was able to go out and carve the Texas A&M defense. Like he was Adrian Peterson. There was, there's a reference here uh, to, to OU at the end here. <laughs> I mean, rest in peace, OU A&M playing annually because when Smash goes to Coach Taylor's house to thank him and say, you know, thank you for everything I couldn't have done without you. It's this really sweet moment. And then he's walking away. Coach Taylor says, I want some OU tickets 50-yard line, uh, which, was pretty, <laughs> which was pretty great. Uh, that game does not exist anymore. It does, that, that request did not age well. Um, but, you know, it, it, at the time it was fine. Um, and you know then str- – go ahead. I, I was going to say, you know what's strange is like I feel like I feel like Friday Night Lights does a really good job of incorporating Texas, like the state of Texas, as much as possible. Um, and it's just weird the fact that like that line wasn't, hey, I want tickets to like Texas, Texas A&M. 50 yard line that feels like a much bigger deal but like it shows how good obviously OU has been for the past two decades uh and that that's still like a relevant thing that you would say yeah uh but it just I don't know it felt weird it was a little weird I again I'm not sure that like University of Texas exists right like they haven't named them or anything. It was interesting. They actually have like the A&M logos on, on the hats and stuff. On the I'm pretty, hat. I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure like that those are the Texas A&M practice jerseys at the time. Yeah. I mean, like, everything looked, looked legit. Yeah. I mean, they weren't on Kyle field or anything, were they? I don't, I think they were probably else. on a practice field. Um, but yeah, I mean, someone else. A lot of, you know, a lot of OU content this season. Um, they've, they've gotten named quite a bit in, in passing. Um, and then we get, just to kind of put a bow on this, we get one last game on the field with Saracen, Riggins, Landry, and Smash, them just kind of drinking beer and 
playing two on two. And then they, I guess the, that trio drove uh, smash to, to college station the next morning or that night. Even we really needed an episode dedicated to that car ride. Yeah. Why didn't we get more from that? Also, like, why is Landry there? Like, doesn't, I feel like smash has better friends than, than Riggins and Saracen. I, the, the impression that I get is that smash doesn't have a whole lot of friends. Like he, I think he's honestly like Matt Saracen might be his best friend. Yeah, but that's just not, I feel like that's not how it would be in real life. (laughs) I mean, that's just because there aren't any other characters on the football team. That's the only reason. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it could be like a, I obviously it's, you know, the, the writers wanting to implement like as many major characters as possible. The only thing, other thing I can think of is, is like, as we've learned like Landry and, Tim Riggins are the only two people with cars in Dillon, Texas. That's true. Um, so, and I mean, Riggins has a truck, so it might make sense for like him to lend him his truck to like help him yep. move in, which, although I don't know, I, I think Landry, as far as the Landry question, like I just feel like Landry tags along to whatever Matt's kind of doing. So, yeah, that's fair. Um, I just third- imagine like a tech, like a group text is like, is it cool if Landry comes just like, Oh, come on, man you have to bring landry he's like come on guys like he's on the team would be nice to him that's a pretty good segue actually to how landry is treated uh (laughs) in in this fourth in the first episode of this block season three episode four where uh he's getting he has had his wisdom teeth taken out saracen and smash are over at his house using the wi-fi um you know not really hiding the fact that that's why they're there and smash is trolling Landry about how the fact that Tyra is not going to show up to take care of him. And that is, that is exactly what happens because Tyra is off with uh, her new rodeo boyfriend. Her new, her new little cowboy. Cash. Um, what's his name? Cash Waller. I don't know. I just yep, know. Cash Waller. Oh, look great, at you. great cowboy name. Well, Cash is a uh, quite smitten little Tyra. Um, he is. He, uh, I don't know how old he is. But he seems like he's probably Billy's age. Um, he thinks he's way too old to be going to a high school dance, which is um, so he's at least like twenty-one. Right? Well, I was gonna say like, <laughs> is he nineteen? Because um, that's how old you should be if, like, to feel like that. Um, I feel like I feel you could. I don't know. You could be dating somebody a year younger. I suppose, but I don't know if high school dance would be the first thing on my list of things to do. But I obviously understand there are different relationships out there but regardless he is uh, much older and tyra very much uh from the get-go uh of uh episode four is obviously very drawn to him yeah. um and you kind of see the writing on the wall with like landry like it is kind of weird their relationship through these first few episodes it definitely looks like there's still something there um and that they're I don't know, like, I mean, Tyra has, like, vocally said, like, we're not together anymore. And Landry's just like, oh, she's so funny. Uh, <laughs> just, like, very much in denial about everything. Uh, but, it, I mean, like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like anything is out of place. Uh, but now that we have this new, it's almost like Tyra's just like, let me keep, like, Landry on the back burner just in case. Yeah, me, that's exactly what she's doing. It's- let me line up the next guy. It's super toxic. And, and again, we see it with, um, you know, Tyra's mom, the most toxic person in the series, finds out that Cash has been giving 
Tyra money for college applications. And her mom is like, screw going to college in San Francisco. You need to stay here with that man. Like he's going to keep, he's going to pay. Like they don't usually pay for us. Like <laughs> just like awful things to say. Like <laughs> Angela Collette is just, oh man, I feel awful for the life experiences that she's been through. I was going to gonna say, I mean, it's, it's not totally her fault because clearly that's been her experience, but. She definitely has a bad relationship with like romance and love. Yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily all of her fault. Like I, I think that the product of her environment has like been like a probably a super difficult thing to deal with. And she's yeah. just kind of grown up thinking that way. But I mean, Tyra, Tyra, obviously I think she has her moments where she's like, I know what I want. I know what I want in a relationship. Yeah. And she obviously came to the point where like, Oh yeah, this Landry guy cares about me. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, it seems like Gash cares about her. I mean, he, he did Spencer, he did take her to a stable and, showed her a baby bronco um was it a bronco is that what it was i don't i just i i don't i thought like I, I, for some reason when i was watching it i thought he was about to be like i'm gonna ride that that bronco one day um that bronco i don't know <laughs> i don't i know anything about horses Look, what, what i wrote down was that if you skip school and then tear up at the side of a, a horse being you know giving birth you might be a redneck it's uh it's up there it's, uh if you find yourself in that position i think it's worth considering uh so yeah shortly after that i mean basically that experience that we just alluded to or talked about uh convinces tyra that cash is a good guy and then i don't want to talk about this for too long because it's kind of pointless for now at least and there's there's better things ahead on fourth down but Tyra briefly thinks that this guy is not paying child support when in fact he is paying child support uh, or no, it's not that he is paying child support. It's he doesn't have a child that this woman is, according to him, is is freaking out. But if you're Tyra, like, how do you trust that? I mean, I, I don't think she really has any reason to not believe him. Uh, I mean, he makes a compelling argument. Like, he's like, I'll be honest. I did have sex with that woman. <laughs> Five, Five years ago. <laughs> Five years ago. And she comes to me three years later um and or she comes to me like you know with a two-year-old basically um so i understand like his his reasoning checks out yeah but he could just be lying about that like (laughs) i I mean yeah that's that's definitely the i mean i'm i kind of i don't i don't necessarily believe him but i i also think that tyra you know she's uh you know she's very taken uh by the way she's obviously i mean like cash like not only gives her money for her college applications but like he seems to try to do as much as possible as like putting an effort toward their yeah. relationship yeah. so she's like oh this is uh this is pretty awesome that uh this guy is uh you know noticing me and being nice to me yeah and landry's just like you know over like on his couch just like you know just like wallowing in his sorrow writing songs about her oh it's so bad i mean this we should talk about landry too. you know continue to talk about um you know kind of the ripple effect here but landry is in a band um and he's always been in a band but now he's i guess he's back practicing with this band and this new girl after caster quits get a load of that caster quits on landry caster kind of sucks here he sucks but it's good for Lander because they have to replace him with uh, this girl named Devin, I believe, that yeah. 
um, is a great singer, even though Landry's like, oh, we're going on vocals. <laughs> She's super punk. So, like, yeah. I mean, she, like, definitely for what we've seen out of Landry's bands in the past gives it a more kind of like that late two thousands, like alt rock pop yeah. punk kind of feel. Um, so it's, it's, it's good. It's uh, yeah. it, it's really good for the band. It's good. It's a, it's a, it's a W for, Lan- for, for Landry uh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he ends up getting called out by this girl for his lyrics all being about one person. <laughs> um, yeah. The button is in all music just about one girl <laughs> no it's not <laughs> uh landry's kind of a mess um but so is like everybody in the show man i mean other than coach taylor i guess sometimes smash um, smash is doing well that that's true but he has been a mess historically um, well he he's going to texas a&m and that's going to solve all of his problems <laughs> oh boy uh <laughs> speaking of a mess uh you want to move on to fourth down oh yes we we kind of saved the best for last year, honestly. Um, we get Jason Street back in the show. He had not showed up in the first four episodes. He shows up in episode five here, um, throwing away Herc's porn is his first move of season three. I'll tell you how it ends. <laughs> um, but then the next very next scene, Jason has a kid. I I thought for a minute I was like, whoa, we just yada yada the whole pregnancy. Um, that's the one like i'm of of the things that kind of have happened from season two to season three it's kind of cool that hey there is a storyline we can keep kind of you know chipping away at yeah but it it just took it for some reason when season two ended in the middle of the football season and then season three starts at the beginning of it like i don't i didn't it didn't occur to me that nine months had passed and so i was like whoa how much time did we jump but uh, it actually that, that checks out that uh, the baby would be a couple months old at this point. Um, Riggins gets this idea to flip Buddy Garrity's house because he overhears Buddy Garrity um, needing to sell this house badly because he's having cash flow problems. Because uh, is this when did you say this season came out? Was it 09? I just had it up. Uh, um, I, I believe it was during the recession. Yeah, I think that's kind of what we're so, supposed like nobody's buying cars, for. nobody's buying houses, and so Buddy needs to sell this house because he's not selling cars. He's cash he need, he has cash pro, cash flow problems as he says. Um this uh this all aired in two, uh, the fall of 2008. Okay. So maybe they may have predicted the recession. I'm not totally sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, you get you get into the situation where Jason Riggins, Billy and Herc decide they are going to flip Buddy Garrity's house for a 200% profit in 30 days, which is just a total nightmare situation to be in. This definitely though, like is kind of, I don't know if it's, it's probably still a thing, but I, I feel like this is something that when I was going to middle school and we would listen to the radio in the morning there would be these really cheesy ads like, do you want to get rich? Do you want to learn yeah. how to flip houses? My name is Jim Bam Boom Bomb. Come to my and, class. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it would, you know, be some like just pitch, pitch salesman, just like, I'll teach you how to flip houses and you'll get rich quick. And that's how I, I feel like this is kind of a, 
don't know if it's a trend of the time, but like it yeah. definitely, it, I feel like it definitely dates the show because I'm not sure how many people are flipping houses at this point. Oh, I think people are still flipping houses. I, 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 I was going to say, I feel like the, the new thing would have been uh, like if this was 2020, they would have been like, we should turn this into an Airbnb. Yeah. Or even just like rent it out, like get a, like buy a duplex or something and then rent it out, yeah. collect rent on two people. But, um, yeah, no, this is a horrible idea. You have to know how to do this, right? Like, and maybe the better idea would have been to just like take, you know, buy the house with a bank loan at 220,000, which I think it was, and then say like, hold on to it for a year and hopefully the market improves. And then you can get, you know, three, you can get it up to 320 or something and you made a hundred thousand dollars, but it took you the, a year. The Riggins boys don't have that kind of patience. Or time and street doesn't have that kind of time right like this is jason street we've seen him get desperate before and do stupid things like the mexico trip i like like the thing and i know he like has the ball rolling before um his uh him and his i can't remember her name um but before before like his child takes off to the east coast um I, i i definitely feel like i mean you don't necessarily need this money like right now she's leaving um you could just you know work really hard for a year and save up money yeah you don't need to do this huge high-risk investment um yeah he'd already bought the house though that's what i I mean like yeah i understand like the wheels were in motion already but uh and he should have told her he was gonna do this before (laughs) he did it sure would have been if we've learned anything about TV shows, buying a house without telling someone is definitely a, it's always a solid move. It never ends up poorly. Speaking of, how, how do any of the four of them have good enough credit to buy a $220,000 house? They use the Will high they... school football hero cripple thing. It, That's not how credit works. Like... I know, I know. That, that's like, they literally like try to brush it off like no one's going to notice. Just like, I still don't think that's right. Like, I mean, and again, we, we kind of, we've glossed over this, but I mean, they use their down payment is this copper wire theft from the Riggins boys, which I thought at first they were going to try to say they were selling it for 200 grand. Um, But I guess they just needed enough money for a down payment and they get 20,000 from this guy after almost selling it. Yeah. After almost selling it to Guy Raston for somewhere between eight and 10,000. Yeah. Guy Raston comes back in this episode. Is there a bigger idiot in this show than Billy Riggins? No. He's like a a show that includes um, Guy Raston, um, Julie Taylor. um, Indy Collette. The racist kid at the movie theater. um, Okay, the racist kid at the movie theater might be dumber (laughs) than Guy. (laughs) But the guy is also probably racist. Billy Riggins is just absolutely like just out of this world stupid. It's insane. Who is the dumbest, like the dumbest main character on the show? If you're talking main characters, I don't think there's any question it's Billy. Yeah. I mean, you could maybe. Eh, could you argue say, like, Lila? <laughs> no, because like Lila's actually pretty smart. Like uh, she's like, book smart. Yeah, I mean she. You know, she was a sophomore dating the next Peyton Manning, you know, and her whole life crumbled before her. Um, which, by the way, can we talk about the fact that 
Jason Street now looking at the the age like the it's now weird, that we, man. It's now weird. that we know <laughs> now that we know the ages of the characters that he basically proposed to a sixteen year old uh, in season one. See, there's just no way that in season one they thought Lila was sixteen. They just no. didn't want they didn't want Lila Riggins and Saracen to graduate because you know I mean eventually they're going to, but like. You could have made them juniors. They should have made at least Riggins and Lila should have been juniors. And then you can like, you can let Riggins, obviously Riggins time at Dylan is about to come to an end, but spoiler alert, he stays on the show. Like he's still pretty much involved with everything. Um, You can keep that going. I I just, I don't know. Like you could have made. So a street by the way, to some extent. Could you imagine though, not to go too much into my Friday Night Lights fan fiction, um goals but could you imagine if they built us up a season of like jason street and then season two he gets paralyzed like could you i think people would hate it i think people would hate it too but and it's like it's like kind of i mean it goes back to the whole homage basically to the to the movie um did you watch degrassi i watched a little bit of it i mean i remember that like drake's character gets shot i don't remember Jimmy. yeah Put some respect on jimmy's name well, I, I didn't watch the show i just know that drake's character got shot he, he raps about being jimmy in the wheelchair a lot anyway hey, you know how big drake listener are you i mean sure i you know all the mainstream people whatever's on the radio i guess um joe looks like he's so disappointed in me right now oh <laughs> uh, i just have an i have an off pod like uh, uh, like off the air conversation for you, but we'll get to that later. Um, um, my point is that like, would it be like, did, was there like a bunch of content or not, or like, you know, a bunch of multiple seasons of Jimmy pre paralyzed and then a bunch of seasons post paralysis? Like, or how did I that so, work yeah. like in the timeline? I don't remember. I mean, I've, I, I mean, no idea. there's like, an episode where like, I mean, th- I mean, do you, there i'm pretty sure there's like pre so he like spoiler alert he gets shot um which is how he gets paralyzed um but there's like pre him getting shot and then post that and so yeah i I think that i don't know you definitely can't build up matt saracen the way you do in season one if that's the case no um and people people probably don't care as much um i don't know i just it it just seems it just it seemed so weird it's very weird um is there anything else anything else go ahead just putting that out there not really sure you need lila for more than a season you could have really just gotten rid of that character after after one year she she does tie a lot of stuff together and so does buddy like you need you do you have to have buddy like i do want to have a so in the context of like these episodes i didn't i did want to have a conversation with you about this about buddy garrity because i've really much struggled with like his tone shift but i don't now that i think more about it i don't know if buddy has like had a tone shift because he's always been very self-involved self-important with like his decisions yeah and like what he wants always comes first in his eyes and like this is what he's doing with the jumbotron he's a salesman yeah and it's kind of what i mean you know he obviously like loves his relationship with joe mccoy and like i i for a little bit thought i was like why does he care so much about this guy but now it makes more and more sense that buddy doesn't 
necessarily care about Joe McCoy. He cares about Joe McCoy being happy enough to keep JD in the Dillon school district yeah. to be the quarterback of the Dillon Panthers. And I don't think that fully clicked with me until like we like get him on the field and like see how good he is. Yeah. Um, and I like it just, it, it just I don't know. I, I bring this up because I, I, I always felt like Buddy had like a good allegiance to Eric Taylor. But I think at the end of the day, Buddy, Buddy roots for the laundry on the field. As long yeah. as you're wearing the Dylan Panther colors and the logo, he he supports you and he wants the best for that. I think the other thing that I would add to that is that Buddy wants a relationship with Joe McCoy because JD might be a first round draft pick at some point, right? Like <laughs> that's also want, fair. You know, like I think he legitimately looks at that as a possibility that like this kid's gonna go to the NFL you know, maybe six years from now, that's great for us too. Like maybe he becomes, you know, a big donor. It's, I don't know. Um, but I, you know, it just in general, buddy is about maintaining relationships that he think will, will benefit him down the line. Um, there's one other thing that I was going to bring up. Oh, uh, coach Taylor's speech at, at, at the end here with, with street coach Taylor comes to the house and, and, street is like mid meltdown when coach taylor shows up it's a work in progress as you can see yeah i can see it is we progressed so far as to take a perfectly livable house and turn it into a place that if a bone saw would say no thanks I, i'd go back and sleep under the bridge so we're you know getting there my dad used to say it always looks bad before it gets better i don't think it's gonna get better coach <laughs> I think I've made the biggest mistake of my life. The mother and my child and my son are, are in the car on their way up to New Jersey right now, and I decided that the smartest thing to do would be to buy a house and flip it with the Riggins brothers and Herc. Because I didn't know what else to do. I just love them both so much, and I just don't want to be a deadbeat dad. I just want to be able to provide, you know, a little bit, you know, some security, something, anything for them. And Whoa, whoa, whoa. hey, slow down. slow down a second. Wait a second. Whoa. First of all, you're not going to be a deadbeat dad. You need to calm down here. Look, man, you're 20 years old. You're not supposed to know what you're going to do with the rest of your life yet. You're doing what you think's best. You're following through on what you think's best, and that's what you should be doing. You had a plan, you're executing it. What's wrong with that? But you got to give it a chance. You got to give yourself time. You can't beat yourself up because you're taking chances on things. But don't start giving up on what you set forward to do in the beginning because that's going to get you nowhere. I can promise you that. But what would you, you think of that moment with Street and, and Coach? I mean, I think it's it's an amazing Eric Taylor moment and it's my favorite Eric Taylor speech in the entire series. Wow. So I think very highly of that, of that speech. And I think it just, it, it kind of, I think probably the, the biggest thing is that you probably could apply. They could have given, they could have let Eric give that speech to anybody. Um, and it probably still fits. He could have said it to smash. He could have yeah. said it to Matt. All of it still really works well. Um, but I think uh, as much as we love Matt Saracen uh, being kind of the heart of the show, this show really sets in motion when Street is injured. And, uh, this, the show is not about Jason, Jason Street by any means. Yeah. But everything kind of happens because of what happened to Jason Street. Um, and you have this kind of crossroad moment um, where Street is like once again dealing with something very life-changing and obviously like his – his injury, his football injury is, is about as life changing as, as really possible. 
having a baby, uh, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't really, I don't think you can compare the two. Um, but it is a life changing moment um, to a degree. And this is his next big hurdle is like, how do I be a father? Um, and I just, I love the fact that a, as we've kind of seen the development of Eric Taylor, not only is he, uh, I mean, I was going to say, I, I, I continue to think that Eric Taylor is not a great football coach. Really? Um, I just, man, I don't know. <laughs> the fact him coming like week five of the season saying like, we got to start implementing the spread offense boys. Because that's install. what everybody's been yelling at him and they lost last week. I understand, but that's not how offenses work. You don't install a spread offense in a week. You especially well, – It I was mean, a bye week. You had two weeks. <laughs> but, like, to go, like – to say, like, hey, we're, re- we're running the spread one series with one quarterback, and then we're going to run the eye with another. It's just, like – just I, I think yeah. it from – think of it from the perspective of, like, being an offensive lineman and, like, your, like your skill players. Just, like, that's – gotta be a lot to like try to keep up with um yeah. at least that's what mac as... mcgill basically says like look we can't do this anymore i mean yeah it's too much for the it's too many blocking schemes it's too many you know route trees possibilities of, of things that these high school kids have to remember it's not reliable um but i don't know i i just i just think with eric taylor the the the, the point i wanted to make was like you know i i don't know i don't know if he's evolved as a football coach he obviously like got promoted to the college ranks and then went back but like as a father and like a like you know as like kind of like a mentor like a life life coach basically he is just continually just like getting better and better 10 out of Um, 10 and he's uh he's not stopping not stopping here not stopping here um i think that's pretty much it joe for for this you want to do uh um words or you have you have anything else to add um no, not much else to add. Uh, okay. Just uh, one, once again, this is a this season so much more enjoyable um, yeah, than anything that uh, we we've seen obviously over the last few weeks of watching season two. So yep. it's been a, it's been a fun watch, and I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as we are. Like getting to rewatch this and then talk about it. LVP for you, Joe, for this for this block. I think it's pretty um, obvious, right? Every every time you say that, I, I know I just set you up for this every time. Do you say it to mess with me? Yes, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say like I don't know if he's like in the episode enough, uh, but Billy Riggins is. Oh wow, pretty, we went different ways here. He's a okay. pretty big LVP, but also I think you could maybe make the case for Matt Saracen. I I went with JD McCoy's dad. How is he got what he wanted? He made a he made his son look terrible. Twice. He, so what? He he literally <laughs> got everything he wanted. I guess that's a good point. I don't think it's Saracen though, because he because the, the Julie rebound at the end of there, um and um you know mending fences with his mom, I guess, is is a high note. Um I, who, I just th- who else did you say think- Billy? I don't know. Yeah. Billy got to buy a house. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And he's like being extremely like disrespectful to street. Just like, it's like, what do we have to do all the upstairs stuff? <laughs> Just like read the room, man. <laughs> that was so, and he was like, uh, I, <laughs> he said that without even realizing it. I think, I think he's but just like, that dumb. But well, that's the thing is just like he keeps like he's just like i'm not stupid street um and then he nails his hand to the wall <laughs> um <laughs> he, 
he also he also whole guy Raston thing once again blows it blows it super bad which is good I mean, he made twelve thousand dollars because he blew the guy Raston thing so badly i don't know i, I don't know if the extra twelve thousand dollars was worth that line of guy Raston telling him that mindy gives a great lap dance that was that was cold-blooded cold-blooded guy really knows how to get under billy's skin that's for sure oh he's, talk about he's his a girlfriend. great troll um i i'm sticking with the mccoy mccoy's dad i think he's doing damage that he doesn't even know about i just think that like he's been pushing for jd to start and like literally like coach went from like well they'll alternate series to like i have to start him he's just superior yeah but that didn't have anything to do with jd's dad that was the coaching staff fair i just i think as far as like pushing his agenda it's it's a it's a it's a huge it's a massive w i guess but like i mean the kid's a freshman he's gonna be i don't know he's losing he's clearly losing control of jd jd just went and got plastered on a friday night um we'll see how much that happens when he was supposed to go to the dance with his mom um yikes (laughs) uh monologue of the week is it is it just coach the street is it is it i think think it's coach the street this is this is joe burrow with the heisman there's no (laughs) there's no touching him i really liked the saracen to coach thing too though with it was saying like you're gonna hate it i'm gonna hate it and you're gonna hate it too like that was i thought that was great um insults of the week um qb bun and naked gun are are pretty good um do you have anything else the, the only weird part about that is is that like you set that up like you're giving him a nickname for something that you made happen <laughs> it's that still would be, funny that would be like if i sent you into a room like hey spencer could you like like go into this room to get something and i knew like like there was like crap on the floor and you like got crap on your shoes yeah and i like hey poopy shoes like it's just like <laughs> it's just weird just like you set it up to be that way like it, i don't know yeah. it's, it just feels it feels strange the, the guy Raston thing saying, you know, the thing about Mindy's another candidate <laughs> for this. Um, not, not just not a ton of stuff here. Um, there's a, there, there's a few land. I don't have any of them written down, but there's, there's some good stuff from Landry. Um, for, and it's just like his little banter is, is always really appreciated. Shout out to Jesse Plemons. Um, I don't, I didn't have a pop culture reference. Did, did you catch one? Um, I mean, I, I think that the fact that Landry's the only one with Wi-Fi is like a pretty telling of the times that like this is still an era when not everyone has yeah. Wi-Fi at home. Yeah, I guess Rast or, or not uh, Caster name dropped some band that I forgot to look up, but I'm sure it was probably they're probably like an actual band. Um, but I, I think don't. that. Uh, matt saracen that like him saying like jd mccoy is going to be the next peyton manning um yeah. is pretty much like if this was today like it probably is, brady i mean honestly like it might still be peyton manning it might still uh, be <laughs> but man, i hadn't I, been retired that long but he had just um had peyton i think manning either just won his super bowl or was about to hmm. i can't remember which. i think no i think he won it in like oh five right no, it was 07. It was 07. Yeah, so this was this is after Peyton Manning. Uh yeah, you're right. Manning it was 07. Um but yeah, that was uh that was good. Other than that, uh <laughs> oh, um 
as far as uh sorry to, to i just remembered this but um <laughs> it's not really an insult of the week um but i did want to add this in uh smash williams when he looks up the guy that coach taylor knows from texas a&m and he realizes he's a ticket sales rep he says i'm gonna be working at alamo freeze for the rest of my life <laughs> it was just a really good like it wasn't directed at coach taylor or really anyone but i just thought it was really funny that that was pretty good it's kind um, of a cell phone more than anything there there's a couple good overthinking awards here um one is when coach taylor asks jd mccoy to tell something about himself he says i set goals and then i achieve them sir (laughs) (laughs) and uh the other would be uh billy riggins uh nail gunning a a nail into his into his hand (laughs) directly after saying i'm not a moron (laughs) i hate billy riggins so much oh my gosh billy uh, yeah but no i think it's it's got to be jd uh i set goals and then i achieve them sir <laughs> he's the new matt saracen <laughs> it's the new matt saracen in many in, in more ways than one um joe i don't i don't love my pick for mvp here um and i'm positive it's not going to be whoever you say because it's a little bit off the wall but who, who do you got so i don't know if you'll allow this because i don't think he's in the episode enough but Honestly, of all the things that anyone did, Smash Williams is still the best. Like he's in one episode. I understand that. And I think just with like the block, yeah. our block system, it like really kind of didn't allow for him to probably get his due as a MVP recipient on this fine podcast. But I, uh, that's who I would, I mean, I can probably pre- be persuaded otherwise. You have to edit now. Um, <laughs> my, my internet connection is unstable. We should try to wrap this up. Um, okay. Well, you go ahead then. I'm going to go with Riggins. Whoa. Um, he's not really the focal point of any episode or, you know, of any of these, ep- anything in this block really. Um, but he's just, it, it continues to be sort of just the reconstruction of Tim Riggins is what I'm calling it. Because in the first two seasons, he's kind of terrible and awful in almost every way. And through these first six episodes, he's, he's showing why he's like a folk hero in, in the year 2020. Um, he's like genuinely interested in helping JD get where he needs to be. Um, he's not trolling or anything like that. Like he, he wants to help this kid. Um, he also is like willing to go to this dance with quote unquote with bells on as he compliments Lila's outfit. Like these are not things that Tim Riggins would have done in previous seasons um so i I just i I think it's just kind of a reshaping of his image um and like you mentioned there's not like smash is a good candidate but he's only in one episode it's not i mean coach taylor probably deserves some recognition here i feel like we never consider him for mvp despite the fact that he's just turning in above average episode after above average episode but he's you know i i guess in many ways he's the obvious choice um or too obvious. It's like when the thunder were really rolling in like the, you know, the middle of the last decade, it's like Kevin Durant scored 32 points every single game, but the broadcast wasn't going to give him player of the game. If like Tabo Cephalosha scored 17 or like even like 12 and play good, like Tabo was going to be the Fox player, the player of the game or whatever. Um, hopefully that metaphor tracks for everybody, but, um, 
more like uh, I was gonna say, I don't know many like what our uh, breakdown is in like geography or anything, but just like you know, Dirk Nowitzki can't get player of the game every every yeah. week on Fox Sports Southwest. Tim Duncan couldn't get it. Right. Um, I think people understand. Yeah. So it's it's not really Coach Taylor, even though he did a lot of good. And like honestly, if you wanted to give it to Smash, I think you should just give it to to Coach Taylor because Smash's win doesn't happen without Coach Taylor. That's fair. Pestering it to him, um, and then also I, he he kind of continued to. I mean, the Dylan Panthers went undefeated in this block. I mean, he he kind of kept pushing all the right buttons. So, well, I was gonna say like. Um, to really push my Tim Riggins agenda, I probably should agree with you and say he's MVP because I've always been like, you know, Tim Riggins is great and you're, you've been always a little more skeptical. Well, but, but now it's coming to, coming to bear, right? Like now we see why yeah. he is, is thought of in this way because he's a different person in the last three seasons um, or, you know, however long he's on the show. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like it can't be Tyra. It can't be Tammy. It, it's not cash. I, I considered Street just for the home run of it all, but his child moving to New Jersey is is pretty rough. Um, that's that's an L any way you any way you look at it. What about um, Mother of the Year Shelby Saracen? Shel- oh, I was like I didn't even remember that was her name. I don't think that like Saracen's probably Saracen's probably not her last name, but <laughs> Matt's mother. <laughs> Shelby, whatever. I don't know. I mean. I was joking. I was just saying, it feels like too little, too late. If you ask me, (laughs) it's it's bare minimum. It's it's like the bare minimum, like being there for your child (laughs) when he's eighteen. God. All right, Joe. Uh, I think I think you want to wrap it up here. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Spencer, a good show as always. Came with that Tim Riggins fire. Um, and I uh, appreciate all you do. Um, and we appreciate you, the listener, for making us part of your day. Taylor made a Friday Night Lights podcast. You know, we tell you this every week, but we just want to remind you it's available on every major podcast platform. If you have the Apple Podcast app and you want to give us a five star rating and a review, it helps out the show tremendously. And once again, we'll be back next week to talk season three episodes seven through nine so be on the lookout for that one it'll probably be up friday maybe saturday or maybe even sunday one of those days on the weekend (laughs) next weekend catch taylor made it's gonna be there so with that said for spencer davis my name is joe bender clear eyes you can't lose